Luke chapter 5, this incredible individual that we are introduced to, Peter, is a lot more well-known than he would have ever imagined he would have been. So this is the guy who walked on water with Jesus for a little bit, all right? Still the only other guy that did it, right? I mean, so kudos. Um, uh, He also preached Pentecost, and over 3,000 people came to know Christ. Um, we, it, it's also recorded that he actually um, was instrumental in raising a girl from the dead. All right? The, the, quite a guy. Um, he was imprisoned for preaching and for sharing his faith. And an angel from God actually set him free personally from prison. So he's got quite an incredible story. And here's the beautiful thing about this incredible story is it all began very simply with a meeting with Jesus. And that's kind of what Luke chapter 5 introduces us to. And to kind of give you a little bit of a setting here, the cradle of the gospel is this area in and around what we call the Sea of Galilee, in Scripture also known as Lake Gennesaret. And so here the setting of Luke chapter 5 is Lake Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is preaching to a huge multitude that are following him, and it's becoming just a logistics problem trying to speak to this many people. And so as Peter is busy doing his thing next to the fishing boats, Jesus is walking down the shore of the Sea of Galilee with this crowd of people, and that's where we kind of jump in here on Luke chapter 5. The first three verses say this, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, that's Simon Peter, And prayed that he would, I love this, thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Did you see that? This incredible ministry of Peter, the great apostle Peter, the one who defended Jesus in the garden, took a sword and cut off the guy's ear. This impetuous Sometimes speaking before you think, but incredible individual that God used to author two of the most practical books in the New Testament. This incredible ministry of 38 years, which ended with Peter being crucified. And tradition tells us that he didn't want to be crucified like his Lord, so he asked to be crucified upside down. So as not to mock the death of Jesus Christ. This incredible 38-year ministry of service to Jesus Christ and in the kingdom of God began right here in verse 3 where Jesus just gets in the guy's boat and says, would you thrust out a little bit from the land? Jesus began this relationship with a request. There was no promise of monetary compensation. There was no retirement program. 
There was no outline for the next 10 years of ministry. It was a simple request to push out just a little bit from the land. Your your Bible may say, put out a little bit from the land. Peter had no idea. When he agreed to that request, what was to follow? When he woke up that morning, I'm sure Peter had no idea that later that day he would forsake everything, leave it all behind, and follow Christ. Peter's entire life was changed in less than a day. But notice this. Jesus made a reasonable request. What he asked Peter to do was not only attainable, like like he could do this, but it was also within his area of capability. So, so it's not like he asked Peter to go raise someone from the dead or walk on water or preach Pentecost. No. What he asked of Peter was within his area of capability. It was something that was attainable. He simply asked him to thrust out a little bit from the land. There was nothing about that request that was difficult for Peter to fulfill. Now, you know what I'm thinking here, right? Like whatever it is that Jesus wants from you, whatever, whatever your life with Christ looks like is probably going to be something similar, like something that not only you can attain, but that's within your area of capability. Let's continue reading verses 4 and and 5 here. Now, when he had left speaking, Jesus, he was all done with the message. And by the way, I can just picture Peter in the boat with him. Like, it says Jesus sat down to speak, and I don't know how many rows were in this boat. I don't know how it was designed. Maybe he was just kind of like sitting up on the bow or whatever, and he's listening to Jesus speak this whole message. And it says here, when Jesus left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a draught. Now, now this, this phrase, launch out into the deep, happens to be the exact same Greek word as push out a little from the land. It's just this idea, this action. It's called empanago. No, that's not the little dessert thing you order from Taco Bell. That's an empanada. I know these things. Trust me on that one. I know Taco Bell almost as well as I know Greek. So this is an empanago. So, so it's, this, it's this word, empanago, that basically means just go deeper. Like, like go a little further out. And so when he's on the shore, he says, I want you just to kind of empanago. I want you to kind of launch out a little bit. And then once they've launched out a little bit, he said, now let's go empanago again. Let's, let's do this again. Let's go a little bit deeper. Now you understand here, and we'll find out in the next verse, Peter had been fishing all night. Not only had he been fishing all night, it was a fishless night. Like they caught nothing. And so they're washing the nets and putting them away and repairing them. And so he's tired and worn out. And I don't know how long Jesus preached, but he's sitting there and he's listening. And now he's ready to go to bed. And Jesus says, hey, I need you to push out a little bit further. And so here's what Peter responds. He said, he said and Simon answering said unto him, Master, 
<laughs> let, me, let me just let you know that we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. And then you got to know, like, there's this awkward pause. And you get that dad look from Jesus. Like, really? Like, I didn't know that already? Yet, Jesus, you have to understand, we, we have been toiling all night. And I'm telling you, the fish just aren't out there tonight. It's just a waste of time. And then there's like this awkward pause. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So like, there's like, okay, I get it, all right? Jesus didn't have to say anything. I just, I just envisioned this awkward pause that I've experienced many times in my life. So we see here, you go from Jesus making a reasonable request to where now we see Peter's reluctant remark. Peter says, you don't, uh, apparently you're not aware of this, but I'm a professional fisherman. This is what I do for a living. All right, this is, you understand, I mean, you're a good, you're a good preacher, I get that. You got a lot of people following you, but I fish for a living. And I'm telling you, the fish aren't out there tonight, okay? I, I, this is what I do. We've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. This is just going to be a big waste of time, Jesus. You don't get it. I'm war- Okay, we'll let down the nets. So reluctantly, reluctantly he... gives in to the request of Christ. But here's, here's, what, here's where he's about to find out, is that Peter's lack of success at fishing was not a lack of fish. <laughs> it was a lack of Jesus. So it wasn't like, like he was a bad fisherman. It was just that Jesus was not involved in last night. But Jesus is about to get involved. Jesus is about to get all up in this. Jesus is about to get all up in his fishing business, and he's going he's gonna to make this something that was a lot different than what it was last night. Verse 6, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Folks, that's a lot of fish. Now we're afraid where our ships are going to go down. This was, this was not just successful. This was, this was historic Like, this is what we're going to be talking about for the next 10 years. Remember that day? Maybe the tides changed. I don't know. I don't know. Something happened. We had so many fish that both of our ships nearly sank. So there we see the remarkable result. This remarkable result was because Jesus was in the boat this time. And they beckoned unto their partners. Look at this. When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. 
<laughs> you think? Does that seem like an understatement to you? Like he falls down on his knees and he asks Jesus to just depart because I'm a sinful man. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of fishes that they had taken. So apparently Christ was much better at fishing than Peter was. Even though Peter was the professional fisherman. But just think about this. What if Jesus just wanted Peter to stay a fisherman? How much better a fisherman would Peter have been with the Lord's help? So, I mean, I know that Peter went on and he did all these incredible things and they forsook everything and they followed him. I get all of that. But, how, but, but if that wasn't in his future, like if, if Jesus was just there to help him be a better fisherman, how much more successful would Peter have been had he just allowed Christ to help him continue to fish? Are you picking this up? Are you, are you getting more? I'm going with that, right? So I don't know what you're doing in life, and I don't know what it is God has, where your place is on this boat, but I know this, that if that's all if that's in your life, if you do it with Jesus, it's going to be a lot more successful than if you just do it on your own. Because a Holy Spirit-filled fisherman is a lot more successful at fishing than just a fisherman. But when Peter saw what just happened, something happened on the inside of him, and his heart changed. And you know what? He's like, this is, this is, a, this is a game changer. This is a life-changing moment for Peter. And we know Peter's a little impetuous. And we know that, that Peter is a little bit, you know, I speak first before I think. But he falls down on his knees. And his, his life was changed when he saw what his life could be with Jesus in it. Think about it. Like, if he decided not to follow Christ, he shows up to the fishing boats the next day and he looks at those nets and he looks at his ships and he smells the sea air and he feels the rocking of the boat. It would just never be the same, would it? He'd be thinking about last night. He'd be thinking about the day before when Jesus was there and it just would never be the same. It's like he couldn't go back from there because of what he had just experienced The Bible says in verses 10 and 11, And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon and Jesus, said unto Simon, Fear not. It doesn't have to stop here. For from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, (laughs) they forsook all and followed him. When Jesus shows up, Incredible things happen. When you partner with him, check it out, your life potential increases. It's like you may be really good at what you do. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, and I'm honored 
for who you are, and I'm, and I'm grateful that I know you, and you're a great teacher, or you're a great CPA, or you're a great banker, or you're a great mama, and you're a great whatever, I don't know what else. But whatever that is, your life will become exponentially greater when you do it with Jesus. And with what, whatever it is that you do, when it, when it comes to, to rearing kids, when it, when it comes to, to working, when it comes to your call in life, whatever that may be, your life potential increases dramatically when you do it with Jesus. But we're not even asking. It's like we're not even, we're not even asking what it could look like, and we're not even listening for God to tell us how we ought to do things. We're just like our faith is all about what God can do for us. And we're not looking at life like, like doing this with Jesus not only just makes my life better, it makes my impact greater. And there's a big difference in how you look at life. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're on the shore and you need to push out a little bit. Maybe you've pushed out a little bit and you need to go deeper. Maybe you haven't put your nets down. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're like on the shore and you're like, you know, doing the toe thing. Not sure about this church stuff. Not sure about Jesus. Don't know if I really want to get involved in this. It really made me feel uncomfortable and I'm not sure anything about it. Listen, just push out a little bit. Just, just push out a little bit. Just, just see, just, whatever he is asking you to do is attainable. It's within your area of capability. It's reasonable. Maybe you need to begin your relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to get baptized. Maybe you need to start giving. Maybe you need to live generously. Maybe you need to trust God with your finances. Maybe you need to jump in and get involved in ministry somewhere. I don't know. Maybe you need to invite a friend to church. I don't know what your launch is, but it's here. Because here's the big truth. Jesus will never be finished taking you deeper in your faith. And that's a beautiful thing. So it's like this universal message, right? Launch. Like just launch out. Just no matter where you are in your faith, you can go deeper. No matter where you are in your faith journey, there is something deeper that God wants you to do. So my big message for you this morning is empanago. Launch out a little deeper. Let's make this happen. Let's, let's go a little deeper in our faith. Let's launch out a little deeper. I remember when I moved up here in 05, left a secure position there, and I put my life in Randall's hands. And I remember somebody said about Eric that he's gone off the deep end. Now, I know what they meant, but you know what I heard? Well, I think the deep end is where God is. And I'm okay being on the deep end. Because if I can still touch bottom, there's too much of me involved in it. And I don't mean touch bottom. I mean, 
Do you see what I'm saying? That's the battle that's up here all the time. It's like I keep thinking about these funny things to say while I'm speaking, and it's really about me filtering, and I shouldn't have said that, and I'm sorry. (laughs) But it's like, because now every time you hear that, you're going to think of that. So it's like, so, but I mean, when you get to the place where you're not able to, your toes can't touch anymore, right? It's like that's where it requires, that's a little bit too deep now. It's All right, I'm okay with that. I don't know what God's calling it on, is on your life. I really don't. But, but here's a, another, little, another little way to look at this. What if Peter hadn't followed Christ? Like what if he had a great day, right? He could have told this story to his kids and grandkids for the next 30 years. When he met Jesus and Jesus changed that day of his life and all the fish they caught, what made the difference was not just meeting with Peter, uh, with Jesus. It was when Peter followed Jesus. Because he, Peter could have met him, Peter could have believed on him, Peter could have trusted him, and Peter could have continued to mend nets. But Peter's life changed when he followed Christ. He didn't just believe in Jesus, he followed Jesus. He listened, he responded, he learned, he changed, he walked on water, he sunk, he failed, he won, and he became someone he never dreamed he would become because of the relationship that he had with Jesus Christ. Listen, I know change is hard, but I believe this, Staying who you are and where you are is never an option for the believer. There's always something deeper. I know change is hard because objects at rest tend to what? Stay at rest, right? We get comfortable. We have to fight the tendency to get comfortable and not improve and not change and not risk and not grow our faith. But I'll I'll finish with this. What is our faith for? Like what, what, so I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe this relationship that I have with him is meaningful. It is significant. It makes a difference in my life. It makes me feel good. It helps me through hard times. It gets me a close space at Walmart. But I mean, is that it? Is that, is this relationship that we have, this faith, that we claim only about what's in it for me? Is it only about getting more fish in my boat? Or is this faith that I've been given, that I, that I experience, is there a purpose behind it that's bigger than me just getting more fish in my boat? Yes. James says this, In chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, in the book that he wrote, he says this. He says, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit 
Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Our faith is for something. Our faith is not just to come to church and get filled up. But it's like our faith is so much more than just stagnating as a Christian where, you're, where you have input, but you never have output. There's no flow. You just collect all of the good, and it just sits inside of you and stagnates and putrefies, and you become disgruntled, and you sit here, and you sour instead of figuring out what God has for your life. Our faith is for something. Our faith is not just to believe in something. And what he saw, what Peter, what Peter experienced on that day was life changing. He said, I don't want to go anywhere without Jesus. And I want to go everywhere that he goes because a couple boats full of fish is just the beginning. So my question to you is this, where does God want you to go who does God want you to help what does God want you to do and how does God want you to change I mean these are big questions right we could spend a long time on each one of them and I hope that you'll kind of like take a moment today and contemplate this maybe go back and read the scripture I believe there's an answer to each one of these I believe there's something that your faith is for. And I believe this, that your faith journey will probably take you out further than you anticipated. But right now, here's the beautiful thing. Right now, it's reasonable. Right now, the request is reasonable. Right now, it's something that is attainable. That it's like, it's like you're just pushing a little out from the land, and that's where you are right now. And man, just do that. You don't have any idea what you're getting into, and it's perfectly fine. And God knows, God knows that there's an ocean out there, and there's lots of fish out there, but that's only the beginning. I want you to walk out of here this afternoon and struggle with what is my faith for? What is it that God has called me into? What, what can my life look like? What is the exponential increase in the value of my life here on earth and the kingdom of God because of the relationship that I enjoy with Jesus Christ? Is it just so I can listen to K-Love and sing songs going down the road and feel good about the fact that I'm going to heaven Or is it so that I can make a significant impact on somebody else's life in the kingdom of God? And I'm good with all of that. But don't stagnate. Follow Jesus. Just don't get to know him. Because I'm telling you, when you get to know Jesus, his heartbeat is reaching other people for Jesus. And that's why we're here. Let's pray. I firmly believe, Lord, that you are, you're in the business of changing lives, and that means changing the lives of us. 
whether we have come to Christ already, whether we have, whether we have, where we are in our faith journey is irrelevant because there's always something deeper for us to enjoy and another place for us to go in our journey with you. And I pray, Father, you would just help us to ask the difficult questions and the heart-searching questions and respond accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.